Welcome to Bank of Singapore Unplugged. Today, we are honoured to have Dr. Aisha Khanna, renowned for her expertise and knowledge of AI solutions. I trust that you will enjoy her insights. Hello, everyone. It's such a pleasure to be here today to talk about both how businesses and how individuals can win with artificial intelligence. But right now, let's start a little bit by stepping back and looking at Southeast Asia. How are we doing when it comes to macro investments in artificial intelligence? Well, the news is, according to a recent report by EDB and AT Kearney and also other publications, that with the exception of Singapore, Southeast Asia is still lagging a fair bit behind other countries such as the United States, Canada, United Kingdom, and of course, China. But if you take a little bit of a deeper dive, they did an extensive survey of companies and they were able to find that actually most companies are quite interested in deploying artificial intelligence. Some of them are more ready than others. So if you look at the sectors, what you see is that communications, media, technology, obviously, these are investing heavily in using data for machine learning. Then you have other kinds of sectors such as financial services. Now, I worked on Wall Street for many years before coming to Singapore, and financial services has historically had a great deal of data, structured data, and has been especially in trading, using it for algorithmic trading and for risk management and other kinds of techniques. For telecommunications, just in the last four years, I have worked with three of the largest telcos that have a multi-regional footprint, and they're very keen as they're feeling competitive pressure from the big technology firms to monetize their data and to hold on to their customers. That's another area where these are forerunners. Because of the pandemic, we have seen retail accelerate particularly as they move to e-commerce. And then we are also seeing education and an area that I'm personally getting very involved in also, which is healthcare. So what we see in Southeast Asia really is that there is interest. Some countries are ahead of the game, like Singapore. Some are still struggling, like uh, the Philippines and others, but there's a lot of interest, and so they can potentially even leapfrog over the others. I always like to go from macro pictures to micro pictures because everybody can talk about trends. You can read it in the Financial Times. I can talk about it. But let's really zoom in to a few companies and see how they help. Because artificial intelligence for the sake of AI is not interesting or useful. I have many CEOs that come to me who have seen it in a magazine and will say, Aisha, how can we apply AI? And I always tell them, why do you want to do it? So let's focus on the why, on how AI can help a company. First of all, it allows companies to be more customer-centric. If we think about four big trends for companies, one of them is more customer-centricity. 
And the big winner in this is, of course, ByteDance. ByteDance has surpassed every other tech company in the way that it has been able to rapidly capture the attention of its users. Now, I don't know how many of you are regular users of TikTok. Uh, I'm not, but I did try for a bit, and I have to say it's incredibly addictive. What is it? Essentially, 15-second video sharing. Users spend up to 89 minutes on average every single day. They return to the app 19 times in one day, and almost half of them are between the ages of 18 and 24. So these almost billion users now are returning again and again because they find it useful. Parents may think it's a waste of time, but as far as their demographic is concerned, they have picked the holy grail in terms of personalizing content that users find useful. How does it happen underneath the hood? Well, here's what it does, and I encourage you to try it. When you open TikTok, it's not going to ask you for your preferences. What it's going to do instead is it's going to show you eight types of videos. You may not realize it, but you're being shown eight types of videos, and depending on how long you spend on one, it's going to change what it shows you next. And we human beings are quite predictable, uh, even though we like to think we're unique. And eventually, it is really able to hone in on this completely personalized video stream that we just can't stop looking at. And it has so many users, such as this woman has um, the most users on TikTok and about 113.8 million. And now people are using it to market more and more. So they look at everything, where you're coming from, what time you're coming, what your interests are. This is all data. What else could they look at? Could they listen to your voice? Could they look at your expressions? Actually, yes. More and more, AI can use everything to have contextual intelligence about you. I'm speaking. Can you tell if I'm happy, upset, sad, optimistic? Well. One day, my device can tell me that. In fact, Gartner has said that your personal device will have more information on you by observing you and your voice than even your own family. And this is the key to personalization, the right service and product at the right time. Of course, with the caveat that it must be done with your permission, absolutely under compliance of the laws of that country. Now, let's look at another thing. AI has to allow companies to automate their processes so they can cut costs. And here, let's go to Singapore and look at Caro. Caro is a big success story. As you know, it's a used car platform. And what they have done is they have started to automate more and more processes. So basically, they said, Usually, when you buy a used car, their mechanics vet the car, and they make sure that the car is actually, uh, what the owner is saying it is good, it is actually as good as that. But now, using computer vision, you can automatically scan the car and detect potential problems. This is the power of computer vision. And what does it do? It immediately shortens the time on which you process a customer. 
it reduces human error, and it increases net promoter score. Now, these are the business KPIs. People like me, when we go and build these models, we're asked not about how cool the model is, but what are the KPIs that we're meeting? And it, as you can see, it sped up the process by 20%, reduced human error by 80%, and this landed Caro on top of the worldwide rankings of startups. Now, it's been using this more and more to invest in a contactless customer journey. Why do you need human beings? Is it making the customer feel better? If not, then this is an extra cost burden that you're carrying. And this kind of efficiency can happen with artificial intelligence, natural language processing. Your experience may be, oh, I hate those chatbots. They're not that good. It's true. They're not that good today. But if you've been chatting with Siri or Google Home, you know they're getting better. And within a few years, NLP is the next big thing that you will see in AI, where we'll be shopping, talking, chatting, and all other kinds of things with our AI assistant. Now, let's look at uh, the next example. I want to talk about the fact that you can also optimize your service. And what this means is, Let's say you changed nothing, nothing in your business. You didn't hire more people. You didn't put more inputs in your manufacturing chemical plant, but you wanted to do it better. How can you do that? How can you optimize? And here we can look at Reed. Reed is a Korean education startup. They were just named at the top of CB Insights list of most innovative startups of 2021. It's a Korean company, and you know what? They teach English to the rest of the world. They are over 2 million users in Japan and Korea, and increasingly they have uh, relationships with the government of Colombia, for example, for their national entrance exam, where they use artificial intelligence to highlight your weaknesses, to understand your strengths, and then personalize your plan so that you learn English faster and better. This is the power of substituting and optimizing human or other kinds of software with AI-based software. And of course, he said, the CEO said that he thought it would take a decade for people to accept this, but it has only taken them the past year because of the pandemic. Here is the thing. I love what he said, the chief strategy officer. He said, AI is eternally patient and can give everyone equal yet individualized attention at a fraction of the cost. Again, more customer engagement, reduced cost, and better personalization. Now, the last one I want to speak about, and I chose these four because they're business trends. I, nobody's interested when they come to me about AI trends. I'm talking about business trends. Now you want to innovate. You don't want to just optimize, you want to be a groundbreaker. And for that, Bioformis is a great example from Singapore. Bioformis essentially lets heart patients wear a wearable sensor, and then it monitors them. And then it's able to tell the doctor when it thinks that the patient is going to need readmission to the hospital, so that the doctor and the nurse can intervene at the right time 
and stop the patient from having another heart attack. It was incubated at National University of Singapore and since then moved to Boston as its headquarters with investors like Jeff Bezos, SoftBank, and EDBI. But here is where it's truly innovative. The software now wants to do it without the doctor. Why should it go to the doctor? It will automatically change the dosage of your heart medicine, and it is in line to get FDA approval for that. This is an entirely new industry called digital therapeutics. It's huge, by the way, and uh, there are a lot of good investment opportunities to look in this very emerging area that we'll see coming to this region as well. So it's software drugs, it's software-assisted drug therapy. Well, these are some of the things that I wanted to talk about today, which is customer centricity, automation, optimization, innovation. If you think you can do this without AI and data, you're wrong. And your competitors are investing heavily in this right now. But let's not just talk about how wonderful it is, because the world is waking up to the fact that we also need to be very aware of the responsibility to govern it. The European Union came out with legislation that insisted on treating data privacy as a human right and as human value. Known as GDPR, it ticked off, literally ticked off India, Brazil, uh, Philippines, all of these countries started following the privacy laws and values to different degrees uh, that the European Union set out. So if you own or work for a multi-regional company and you want to apply AI, you need to know that the regulations around data are changing. Countries want to keep the data within their physical boundaries. This is known as data localization. Singapore and US are unusual. We believe in the free flow of data, but India, China, Vietnam, Malaysia, Indonesia, they all have more strict data laws. Now, the reason I say this is because it's very important to have this understanding that as AI is becoming important, so is compliance. And the European Union just came out with a 180-page treatise on artificial intelligence. And this is essentially going to be the key for the rest of the world where it is placing constraints on the use of artificial intelligence. Now, the last two things I want to talk about is, well, does this mean we can't do AI? Actually, no. What this means is there are new opportunities coming up. For example, there's automated compliance with companies like in-country. You say, I want to transfer the data from one country to another, it will automatically take away the privacy, privately, private information. And machine learning can also be applied without using the personal information of citizens. This is innovation that is happening. These are very important things to keep in mind. And um, I encourage all of you to use artificial intelligence in a way that is able to help your companies move forward to make yourselves more competitive. Thank you. 
This podcast was brought to you by Bank of Singapore.